You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Timberwolves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Mitch, it is finals week. I am I'm slogging through, and I still have time to do shows because I'm just dedicated to the people. You and I are dedicated to the people. You're showing up sick, and we're still getting these podcasts out. Absolutely. I don't know what's worse, being sick or having to go through finals week. I think I'd take being sick over finals <laughs> week. But hopefully, it's a close toss-up. Yeah, hopefully my voice doesn't go away by, by the end of the podcast, but I'll, I'll try to make it work. You know who wasn't sick was Jimmy Butler posting 33 points against the Clippers. What a performance from him in the, the win, the 112-106 win over the Clippers over the weekend. Yeah, it was. I mean, that's that's the reason they, they traded for Jimmy Butler. He's, he once again showed why and why he's a, a three-time All-Star and you know, that, that fourth quarter when he had 20 points, he kind of just, just took the game over. And, you know, it was basically the Jimmy Butler show in the fourth quarter, which which is what they, they needed it out of him in that game because it kind of seemed like no one else was really going to step up. But, yeah, it was, it was a great performance, and it was a kind of a, a weird win, but it was it was a win nonetheless. It was a very peculiar win, and the not only just because of who was on the roster and who was starting for the Clippers, but just in how the game played out. But... The first thing I'm looking at when I'm looking at Jimmy Butler taking over this game, what do you think the primary difference was between him taking over the game against the Clippers for the victory and him taking over the game against the Phoenix Suns and they weren't able to find a victory on the road there? What was the, what were some of the key differences you saw between those two games? I you know, I think the the biggest thing was um, you know, just him getting to the line. I know I, he gets to the line, you know, a lot regardless, but you know, it kind of seemed like it it was kind of you know mad, kind of you know mad Jimmy Butler taking over in the fourth quarter. He was he was kind of fed up with with how things were going, and you know no one else was really like I said going to step up. So he kind of took the game over, and you know he was he was very aggressive. He you know he shot six for eleven, but he went to the line you know eight times, making seven of those free throws in the fourth. So um, you know I I think when when he is getting to the line like he was, that's definitely a, a good sign. I mean obviously it helps shooting six for eleven from the field, but. You know, even if he is he's shooting at you know high volume late in the game, or even throughout the course of the game, if if you know if he's not making those shots, it doesn't matter how many shots you know he is taking because they're obviously not counting. But you know, him getting to the line where I where I think he can really really hurt teams. That's you know that's that's where I think the difference was, and you know him getting those twenty points and you know getting to the line being aggressive, and that's like I said, that's exactly what what the Wolves needed because. You know, you look at the starting five in the fourth quarter, they combined for 26 points, and 20 of those came from Jimmy Butler. So, um, you know, he, he definitely took the game over, and he, he was the sole reason why they won the game and, and taking over the, the fourth quarter like he did. And in the fourth quarter of this one, too, as opposed to the Suns, I felt like he was still part of the offense more against the Clippers. Mm-hmm. You had uh, Teague finish with tennises. I feel like he was playing off guys more than he was in the Suns where he was just kind of taking it down and he was the solo show. He, he did control the fourth quarter, but I felt like he was still part of the offense. You know, It wasn't as much he was taking himself and trying to beat the, the Clippers five-on-one. He was, he was trying to win the game for the Timberwolves, but it wasn't a five-on-one kind of effort. It didn't feel that way as much as it felt in the Suns game. Right, exactly. And, you know, that's where the Wolves kind of, you know, had some had some hard times in the past is, 
like you said, they when they do try to you know take it one on five, or they do just kind of give it to one guy and let them you know create the offense. They found or that hasn't worked out as well for them. So when they do you know get a flow in the offense like they were in the fourth quarter and have somebody like Jimmy still go off in the fourth quarter for twenty points, that's you know that that's a good combination. And you know I I agree that 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 was a big a big part of it is that they weren't just giving you know they've done that to Andrew Wiggins where they just kind of give him the ball and everyone moves out of the way and it's basically ISO ball for the whole fourth quarter. Um, but it didn't like, I, I agree with what you're saying that, you know, it didn't feel like that in this one where he was, Jimmy was still, you know, involved in the offense, but still did take the game over. And that, that was a, a great combination. That's for sure. Jamal Crawford had 12 points against his former team. Uh, he shot 12 times, seven of them from downtown. Did it feel a little bit, I, I don't think it's in Jamal Crawford's characteristic to maybe call this a, an attempt at maybe a little bit of a revenge game or something like that. But did it feel like he wanted to put up some points against this team specifically, just with the, his shot selection and how many more shots he was taking compared to the last few games he's had? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you could kind of tell, or it kind of seemed like there were, there was something going on during the game where he he was taking some some shots that maybe he hasn't early in the year and maybe that's just you know how the flow of the game was going maybe he's seeing things differently whatever it might be but you know it did kind of seem like he was you know he had a, a little bit extra motivation and like like you said he you know it, that's not really in Jamal's character to you know for him to do that but you know since he has been playing for what seems like 20 teams in the NBA but you know he <laughs> He has. Um, it did seem like you know it, there was kind of a little bit extra uh, motivation in his game, and you know it would have been nice to kind of see him take a little bit, you know, some better shots. But you know, obviously he was two for seven from deep, but then five for twelve from the field, like you said. But um, you know, it was it was still a good game for him nonetheless, and you know it, that that's the kind of game that they need from the Wolves need from at least one one player from their bench, especially when they do only play three players, out, uh, you know, on their second unit. Well, and I know that shots, when you're coming off the bench, shots and stuff can fluctuate a little bit just with how many minutes you're playing, and that varies, and especially in a Thibodeau team where the stars are pulling so many minutes. But he has been averaging three and a half uh, shots from downtown, and so the seven shots, it just felt it just felt like he was, he was trying to maybe uh, gun a little more than he usually does because he was playing the Clippers. But, again, it does seem out of characteristic for him, but it, it is his former team and maybe maybe just a little uh, a little showing off what he can do was in order for Jamal Crawford. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I agree with that. And, you know, it's it, that's right. If you can have, you know, uh, Jamal go off for, you know, throwing up seven threes because, you know, odds are most of the time he's not going to only make two of them. So, I mean, that's. You know, it's an okay thing to live with, I guess. If you, you know, if you have the lead and let kind of let them all see what he can do offensively, but um, you know, it's, it's some of those, you know, a couple of those uh, seven threes that he did shoot, they were late in the shot clock as well, so he was kind of throwing them up there and they they didn't fall. But um, you know, it when you know a team that like the Wolves that you know aren't haven't found that much success from behind the, the arc, you know, it's. Hopefully they can, whether it's Jamal or if, if you know somebody else. Hopefully they can they can find you know somebody that will take those seven threes, but make more than just you know two of them like Jamal did last night. Well, and we're we're going to talk about the uh, the Memphis Grizzlies here too, and and your love hate segment is coming up at the end of the show. But I did want to to dive into the we've talked about the Clippers a lot this weekend, but I did want to dive into this game just a little bit longer. I felt like the the shots. 
uh, the you had seven from Crawford from downtown. You had five from Wiggins, uh, four from Butler. He actually shot fifty percent, two for four, but uh, three from Teague. I felt like some outside outside shooting early really helped set up to get Butler and uh, and Taj Gibson who had who went eight for eight from the free throw line. I felt like those deeper shots sent them up to have some nights nice paint plays uh, later in the game and that was something that maybe we could see trend for the Timberwolves going forward here as they're early on trying to stretch the floor a little bit uh, a little bit more with particularly Wiggins and a guy like Crawford to set up a guy like Butler to drive to the basket and get to the free throw line a lot late in the game. Yeah and we've kind of seen that to some extent in the last couple games where you know they, you know, first quarter or first half, they kind of open it up with with throwing up a little, a couple more threes, whether they're not falling or you know whatever that may be. It seems like you know in the last couple of games it hasn't really been working out to their favor too much. But you know I agree that it does kind of open things up in the middle, whether that be for for you know Jimmy or Taj or even you know Carl Anthony Towns. But um, the other thing is too when you, when you are taking those long threes, and then, you know, we saw this again last night too, uh, mainly Taj, but also with with Jimmy and Carl a little bit, uh, just their work on the offensive board. Um, Taj, I know in the first half, he was, they had seven offensive boards in the first half and Taj had half of them. So, I mean, it, you know, he, he's been doing a great job offensively or, uh, you know, on offensive boards as well as, as Carl and Jimmy. And that set up a lot of second chance points as well. So I think that's where the, you know, the three kind of works in your favor, even if they're not falling, you know, you, you still have those three guys underneath there that, you know, you, that you still have a good chance of, of getting a second chance bucket and that, you know, if, if you do, you know, take a chance on a three, you do miss, you, you know, you have good odds of, of those three guys underneath there cleaning it up and, and still getting two points out of the deal. So I think either way, you, you kind of live or die with, you know, the three, but you also, you know, you have those guys down below that can make a big difference in the course of the game as well. Yeah, and for the team, Wiggins leads them in, in averaging four, 4.4 threes taken per game. I would be fine with him and Crawford averaging somewhere around that uh for Wiggins especially that six to seven maybe eight mark and Crawford maybe closer to maybe closer to five six just because I really do think that them even if they're not making them them spreading the floor more intentionally with those kind of guys will help out in the long run uh Taj Gibson Carl Anthony Towns and even Jimmy Butler when he's driving into the lane in the fourth quarter we saw how many times he got to the free throw line I think that's going to help him when they're really stretching the defense and, and putting pressure on the defense early in the first and second quarter of a game to try and defend the entire floor yeah definitely they I mean they they do have the ability to to hurt you from both areas I mean you know it, talking about from behind three it's you're not going to have you know Wiggins and Jamal Crawford for instance you it's not too often you're going to have them go two for 12 from three you know they're odds are they're going to make maybe you know half of those or or a third of those at at the worst but um you know they do have the ability to you know when Jimmy or or somebody or maybe even Carl and Towns is driving into the lane you know you do have the ability to to hurt other teams with Wiggins and and Jamal and, and you know Jeff Teague from from behind the arc and I think it'll help too once once Bielitsa comes back too with you know how well he's been shooting from from behind the arc and you know his ability to ability to hurt other teams from three that that's definitely going to help. But um, you know last night they you know they did struggle from behind the arc, but you know it it's not too often you're going to see that, especially out of Wiggins going over five from three. So to kind of put a ball on this first Clippers game and we'll see them again. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, Gallinari will play 
for uh the for the Clippers on Wednesday, I believe it is that they play them again. But either way, is it concerning that they were only a six game winner in this one against a, a down Clippers team that is missing so many starters and so many key pieces for them? Or is it just a win's a win and you beat the team in front of you? I mean, I I do think it is concerning just because, you know, the Clippers are depleted and they, you know, they they don't have, you know, that many weapons. I mean, sure, you're going to have, you're going to have Lou Williams coming off the bench like he did and, you know, throwing up shots and, and dropping 20, whatever that, you can live with that. But, you know, Austin Rivers, you know, going out for 30, they actually kind of held DeAndre Jordan, I thought, in check for most of the game. He finished at 17 and 12. Um, but, you know, it it is concerning because you do have so many other guys that, you know, aren't necessarily that great i mean they're, they're when you look at the clippers you're not you're not blown away by the amount of amount of talent they have and most people probably look at their team and don't know who really half their half their bench is but um you know i i do think it's concerning but you know i i think it all stems kind of back to the defense and you know the defense that minnesota's been playing which hasn't been great lately which i'll get to that a little bit later on but um you know I, I do kind of, it, it's a little bit of both where, you know, a win is a win. Uh, you're going to take a win, you know, regardless of if it's ugly or, or, or nice. But, um, you know, it is concerning moving forward, and hopefully this is something that can clean up, you know, starting tonight with Memphis and then, and, you know, going into the, the rematch with the Clippers coming up here. Mitch, don't you dare knock Sindarius Thornwell, the South Carolina stud who is the March Madness hero <laughs> last season. Everybody knows about him and him playing for the Clippers. Come on now. That's a heck of a name. I, I like that name. That's a that's a great name. No, you're you're absolutely right. I think that I think that this one might have been a little too close. I was when I'm watching the game, uh, after the first couple quarters, especially the first quarter where they they were tight, but the Wolves put up 30 points. Uh, it seemed like they should be able to slowly run away with it over the course of the game, but the Clippers just hung around for the entire thing. And then, like we were talking about earlier on, uh, Jimmy Butler was was needed to have a big night in order to pull away from them eventually. Uh, the bottom line is 44% from three-point shooting for the Clippers. That That's what really bailed them out, and you, you have to defend better on the perimeter. And if Gallinari is in this one on Wednesday, then I think that helps the defense uh, and – he might not be coming back 100%, uh, and there might be a little rust on him still, but I think that does ultimately help the Clippers' defense, so that's another factor you have to think about, too, when you're on the road, is that you, you only beat this team by six, and they have a possibility of getting a little better, too. Right, yeah. You know, it, they did make, you know, the Clippers did make 15 threes, which, you know, the Wolves have struggled in, in letting teams, you know, kind of heat up from, from three. But, you know, it's I don't think that, you know, too often you're going to have Austin Rivers go seven for ten from three, uh, like he did last night. You know, he was throwing up some crazy shots that that were falling for him. So, you know, I I do think that you know, with like you said, Gallinari coming back, I do think that kind of makes up the difference for let's say Austin Rivers makes you know two three threes a game, and then you know Gall you know Gallo comes back and he's you know he's making a, a couple, but um, you know that does that that does make the Clippers you know harder to guard just because they do. You know, even if uh, Gallinari is rusty, you know, offensively, he is another weapon that you can't just leave open. So I, I do think that that adds another aspect to to the Clippers if he does indeed play. Um, but you know, I the Clippers did hurt the the Wolves mainly from from three last night. But you know, I hopefully we don't see that again from from the Wolves defense. But um, you know, it's I don't think you're going to see it too much from or too often from from the Clippers that they they did you know shoot that well from three because you know it. 
like I said, Austin Rivers going seven for ten from three. That's you know I I don't know how that's often pretty that remarkable. Happen, so <laughs> yeah, especially the shots he was hitting. Yeah, you're right. Uh, maybe the silver lining is they were able to beat a team that was just really feeling it from from downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to tonight's game, the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, they're going to be on the road. Timberwolves are on the road to play Memphis. I feel like I say this uh, once a week where there's a team that I, I just think the, the Timberwolves should handle. And I don't want to get super cocky because they're 14-10. and 10, uh, But at the same time, they have a solid record. They have so much roster talent. The the Wolves really shouldn't have a problem with this team that, that is having trouble. They just fired uh, David Fisdale, and, and Mike Conley is still out for this team, That he the uh, all-star point guard. I, I just think that this is a this is a game that should be fairly smooth sailing for the the Timberwolves as long as you don't let Marc Gasol have a, a crazy game. Right, yeah. And I mean that you touched on it, you know, as as much as I would is that uh, you know, Marc Gasol is basically the the main factor in this game. Um, you know, it the Grizzlies are a mess right now, but man, they you know it seems like, you know, like like you said, the teams that, you know, it seems like the Wolves should handle for example, the Clippers last night, um, you know, it seems like they, they kind of play down to their opposition a little bit sometimes, but, you know, it would be nice to see, you know, the Wolves kind of come out and, you know, handle this one nicely, and maybe, you know, give those starters a, a bit of a rest down the stretch of the game. But, you know, the thing about Memphis is they, they have just been struggling offensively. You know, they're 28th out of, you know, 30 teams in the league in points per game, which, you know, obviously that, that means the Wolves, Wolves defense has to, you know, play a lot better than what they did last night in order to, you know, keep that trend going for, for Memphis is struggling offensively. Um, but defensively for Memphis, they're, you know, they're allowing one of the, you know, as many, you know, they're like six in the league or whatever, any points, points mm-hmm. uh, allowed a game. So, you know, it, it does seem like, you know, with, with the Wolves, um, you know, the Wolves are obviously, obviously a primarily offensive uh, base team and, you know, they have been struggling defensively. So if this does turn into a, you know, an offensive game, I think that that will definitely benefit the Wolves just because they do also have so many weapons and Memphis doesn't. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that this should be a game that, that Minnesota handles handles nicely. But uh, it's like, like I've said in the past, it's a it's a road game and those are always, always tough. But, you know, it, like I said, Memphis is, Memphis isn't, uh, you know, they're, they're a mess right now. So hopefully that the Wolves can take advantage of that. Yeah, Memphis bottom four in the league in points per game in three-point shooting percentage in rebounding per game. Uh, they're just the the one thing that I, when I'm looking, I was looking through the the numbers over over the the pre-show kind of stuff that I do, going through the numbers of some of the teams we look at. And the one thing that one area they're actually fairly solid in is they don't turn the ball over a ton. But even then, it's mostly errors uh, that the team is shooting themselves in the foot with because they don't have that many steals per game either. And so it's just everything is slated for the the Timberwolves to have a, a big night just because by virtue of their offense being so much better alone, they should be able to grab a win on the road against the against a down Memphis team. I I don't know I don't really know what else to say. I I just think outside of like a dreadful night from three of the five stars for the Timberwolves, I don't see the Grizzlies grabbing this game. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And the other thing that, you know, I, I noticed too that, that kind of surprised me is Memphis is last in the league in pace. Uh, which, you know, that that can be kind of a 
somewhat of an over or overrated stat, but you know that that means Memphis likes obviously play slow, and you know the Wolves are kind of the the same way. They're twenty third in the league in, in pace, but um, so it will be a, a probably a I I don't want to say a low scoring game, but it's going to be kind of a you know a slower paced game, obviously because both teams like to play slower. But maybe the Wolves can you know take advantage of that, maybe speed things up a little bit, and turn this into a you know an offensive game where that obviously would benefit Minnesota. So. It you know Memphis is a, a weird team right now, and it, it's kind of hard to you know, especially with with having pieces missing like they do. Um, you know, they're they're kind of a in a weird state right now. So I I think the Wolves should be able to take advantage of that, and I, I think it'll be be a good game in the end. It really does feel like if the Wolves get to a hundred points, then they've won the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And you know, they, the Wolves always talk about not worrying about uh, you know outscoring opponents, but they want to you know handle their their business defensively and, and hold teams to, you know, under 100 points so that they aren't in offensive games. But, uh, you know, I think that that's what they're going to have to do this game just because, you know, the Wolves have showed us in the last last how many games and really all, all this season that they aren't strong defensively like we've seen in the past from them, uh, you know, them being kind of a bottom team in the league defensively. So they are definitely going to have to play. What they don't, you know, they said they don't want to do is, is an offensive game. They're going to have to be, you know they're going to have to just basically primarily worry about outscoring Memphis and not not necessarily defensively. But um, you know, it, yeah, it, I do think that if it is an offensive game, that that absolutely plays in, in Minnesota's favor, and, and which is a good thing, that's for sure. Well, and for all of these too, really, this is the this is the week where Minnesota should be able to just kind of stockpile wins because you play the Clippers Sunday and now Wednesday again. You have a down Grizzlies team. This looked like it was going to be a really good game after the first couple of weeks of the season, but now that everything has happened to the Grizzlies that has transpired, you have the the Grizzlies tonight, and then on uh, Sunday you have the the Mavericks. So these this is just a four game stretch where the Timberwolves this this is one of those stretches where if you're really a playoff team and you're really ma- turning the corner and making the different the different moves that you have preached all the off season that you're making, then these are four games that you've got to win here in a row. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, you know the, the the biggest thing that you know everyone says is uh, with with good teams is you have to take care of bad teams, and you know that that's one thing the Wolves kind of have struggled with so far this year is, um, you know that they they've done a good job against uh, bad teams and you know taking care of business, but they have you know a couple times you know specifically the the Phoenix game played down to to their opposition and even last night against the Clippers. Um, so I do agree with you that, you know, they, they do have to take care of business in, in these next, you know, this next stretch of games. And I mean, you even look after, you know, tonight's game in, in Memphis and then uh, Wednesday's game in, in LA, you know, they, the nice thing is they do start a, a five game homestand and really the toughest team is Portland. Um, I mean, you have Portland and Philadelphia in that stretch. So, you know, I, I, I do think that this is, this is a good stretch and hopefully the Wolves can kind of figure things out, especially during that homestand coming up that, you know they haven't really had a whole lot of time at home during a long period of time, so hopefully they can, you know, use that time to to get some practices in, get some get some rest in, be back at home and, and figure things out heading on to the the second half of the season. Absolutely, take care of your business, Timberwolves. Take care of the business. Uh, Alrighty, so we will get to the highly anticipated Mitch's segment of what he loved and what he hated over the last week of basketball since he last talked to us. After this. Alrighty, so Mitch's love and hate for the last week, week excuse me, of basketball since we last talked to him. What do you have for us, Mitch? All right, last week we started with the hate, so we're going to go with the love this time. I like it. Uh, 
got to start off with love. You know, Jimmy Butler, obviously, last night, you know, he, he showed us that, you know, he's he's capable of taking over games like, you know, everyone's kind of, you know, been hoping he would do uh, when he arrived, since he arrived in Minnesota. And really, you know, in the last, you know, maybe even 10 games, he's really shown us that he's capable of taking over games at any moment in the game. And, he you know, after early on in the season, kind of, I wouldn't say taking a back seat, but, you know, not necessarily being as aggressive as many thought he would be. Um, you know, he's really started to be aggressive and take over games and, and he's really, you know, been the you know, the difference maker for the Wolves so far. And, you know, in the last game he's you know, he's averaged twenty two points a game, six boards, four and a half assists, two steals. So he is playing at that all star level that, you know, everyone that um, you know, everyone thought he would when, when he got uh traded to Minnesota. So that that's obviously really great to see and, and it's good to see um, again, like we saw last night, you know him taking over the game late in the late in the fourth quarter. So that, that's a good sign. That's that's my love. Um, switching over to hate, I got to go back to the defense, man. <laughs> it's it's oh my god, it, it was not. Last night was another you know example of, of that defense, and it just it's just not improving, it, which is you know tough to see. Um, but you know, hopefully, it'll be able to to pick up over the next game, a couple games, and, and like I said a little earlier, if they can. You know, try and figure things out over that that homestand, that five game homestand that's coming up here uh, a little later on. Um, you know, I, I think that that'll be huge. And if if they can figure things out defensively, um, you know, they're going to obviously be a, a super tough team to beat. And uh, you know, if it it all it all stems back to that defense because you can't you know when when you're playing the Golden States of of the NBA, it's it's not too often you're going to outscore them. So you got to play some defense every once in a while. Two things. First of all, uh, for the last probably week before the Clippers game, I've been calling and saying that it feels like a Jimmy Butler going off kind of game, and then he finally did it against the Clippers. So I'm going to take credit for that one. Uh, <laughs> secondly, the you mentioned it with uh, them kind of holding DJ in the in check. They outscored the Clippers in the paint, 44-34. They only left 34 points in the paint against the Clippers. Is it on the defensive side? Are you seeing just one of those things where they're just from a night to night basis they defend one thing particularly well, but then they let lax on another thing. They only let thirty four points in the paint, and they're really good on the turnover side. Uh, Sixteen to seven here on NBA.com is what I'm seeing for the turnover margin. Clippers to Timberwolves, but then they let up forty four percent shooting from downtown, and uh, the Clippers make fifteen threes. Is just is it just one of those things where their defense isn't developed enough yet to really? clamp down in general and they're just really good at one thing going yeah, game to yeah, game I would, yeah i would definitely agree with that and the one the one thing that you know we we definitely saw in the fourth last night was just rotations bad and i don't know if that's you know just communication uh i, I mean it's obviously got to be communication between you know specifically we saw with with carl anthony towns a couple times just leaving guys wide open there's communication between him and taj or whoever it may be um you know and just rotation from from different players and, and switching on, on defenders um, but you know, it, 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 it kind of all stems back to, it seems like towns, um, because, you know, you do usually see, you know, the big guys in the paint that, that get easy looks and, you know, late, late in that game last night, it was, you know, I, I saw that, um, Tim was, was tweeting about, um, you know, the Clippers just getting layups. They're not making anything else, but they were getting wide open layups the entire game, which was true because, you know, they, they were leaving that, that one, one man wide open and, that that could be, you know, with, you know, it could be opening things up um, specifically last night, you know, in the paint with how well uh, the Clippers were shooting from behind the arc. And maybe that was a, a point of emphasis in the second half that they wanted to kind of keep them in check and be on the arc in the second half. 
So maybe that opened things up inside, and maybe you know they were focusing a little bit too much on the three. But you know, it. I, I do agree with you that you know it does kind of seem like they narrow in on one thing and kind of forget about you know forget about something else. So, um, like I said, hopefully they can they can figure that out, and hopefully you know it, it kind of seems like I'm not trying to pick on them, but it, you know it does seem like Carl Anthony Towns is kind of the the focal point in, in that those struggles. So hopefully he can you can figure that that stuff out defensively. That's for sure. Yeah. Ho- this this stretch a stretch like this where you have a fairly easy week of games they're obviously NBA teams but still as far as NBA teams go a fairly easy slate of games this is where you need to figure some of that stuff out uh, Mitch any anything you need to promote before we head out here I'll probably you know I'll have I'll have something for everybody this week um, I'll, I'll have a piece later on this week I'm going to be doing the uh, the recap tonight uh, the Memphis game so be on the lookout for that and uh, yeah so that's be sure to check out other stuff at, at Zone Coverage as well. Excellent, excellent. And definitely go on zonecoverage.com to check out the recap, especially if you missed the game tonight. Uh, Mitchell Hansen, I'm Colt Molesky. Thanks for joining us for another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network.